2: upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next
0: order that's quince.com slash upgrade hello everyone welcome back to esl talk it's great to see you again this week after a bit of an unexpected break (laughs) last week
3: yeah all my fault sadly i was traveling across multiple time zones and countries trying to get back to canada finally so we were unable to record last week, but the good news is we're back for another new episode we today. We
0: are, yes.
3: <laughs> and we did wanna say a big thanks to the teachers who attended our first ever CYOB Teacher Webinar, uh, our expert series now. We had an amazing insightful session with Kate and Ian helping teachers just like you guys improve their own teaching businesses. If you would like to catch the replay, or would like to be involved in our next webinar make sure you head over to our patreon page and sign up from as little as three dollars a month which gives you access to all of those
0: yeah it was a really great uh, time we had the time flew by we got through a lot of really important topics so hopefully you guys Mm -hmm. can uh, head back and take a look at that if you get the chance and this week we're going to talk all about the topic of academic writing and writing coaching. Um, This is a really valuable tool that can help our students to improve their English language skills, their grades at school or university, and their job prospects. So it can really help um, a lot of us as teachers. And and hopefully it's something we can do with our students to help them improve too.
3: Right. This is a really important topic that our teachers should know about. Writing is only one part of all the English we teach, Mm -hmm. but how can we teach it effectively? I know it's something that I've I've had, always had a love-hate relationship with. So what approaches should we take? How can we better help our students understand its importance as well? Mm-hmm. So Daniel, uh, I guess you have the most experience out of the two of us teaching academic writing. Uh, oh. Why did you choose this field of ESL, EAP? Please tell me why, because yeah. <laughs> for me, it's not something I would get into myself.
0: Well, I, I heard the best way to get over something or to become at ease with something is to put it into writing or to put it into a book. Right. Mm. So no, right? I joke. Practice. Yeah. Right. Um, I really love academic writing as a field because I think it matches my personality quite well. I like to be very structured. I like to be very organized. I like everything to have a purpose. i like everything to have a meaning now that doesn't really help our listeners but (laughs) I would say that academic writing is a really valuable tool um, for students and I really love teaching it to them because there's a lot of applicability Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of students I work with you know in my one-to-one or my group uh, students that I work with I'm always doing um, applicability so for you as a teacher you might need to write emails for invoicing for Sales, for marketing, oh great, okay. So that's how we can use it in that context. So it's about putting it into a context that's gonna help students because a lot of students just say, well, I wanna improve my English. And of course, speaking is one part of that, but I think academic writing is another huge part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just what to write, but it's how we write, how we develop those, you know, deeper skills as we go further up the chain. So how do we evaluate? How do we be critical? How do we analyze, etc um so I chose this area because it's something I enjoy and it's something that's neglected I kind of spotted I guess kind of a gap or a bit of a niche um because Mm -hmm. not many people offer it and um even today I was teaching a class and a student I taught you know I asked her at the end of the class like I normally do how did you how did you find the class um you know what what were some things that you learned today and she she shared you know it's really great that I can have a teacher that actually has a structured organized approach to writing so it definitely helps I think for for some mm-hmm. students anyway. So Faye, what's your experience been of teaching writing? You know, how did you make this of importance to your students, even if you felt like it wasn't the most important thing?
3: Well, for me, it's always been like, I I, I, I know how important it is, but I, I also hate the workload that comes with teaching writing. Um, we've talked about this in the academic um, um, episode, like EAP episode mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but I've had different experiences with it. Um, the most enjoyable for me was when I taught at just to a general English school here in, in Vancouver. And there was an elective class just on writing skills. And it wasn't a necessarily academic writing, it was just writing. But then every week we looked at a kind of writing. And I really liked how, how we structured the class and just broke it down by focusing on models of writing. And that's how, what I always liked doing. Uh, for me made it less painful as well. Yep. Just looking at lots of samples, breaking that down, you know, dissecting the sample. Mm-hmm. And then the elements, what what is what are the, the the things that are familiar, what's unfamiliar, and then and then basically copying that sample or the model at least following that sample to
1: for right. students
3: to produce their own. And then obviously when I taught the exam prep classes for Cambridge, then we had a very structured kind of writing. That was I found Easier to teach and um, mark in a way because it was very structured, but less enjoyable as well because there wasn't much the students could do with it. And it could be very frustrating for them, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when students that were a little bit more creative. And you're like, no, unfortunately, you have to follow the exact model, right? Right, As you know, can be quite prescriptive
0: sometimes. Yes. Prescriptive, even. Yes. yes, Yeah. That's true. That
3: is true. Yeah. So that's mostly, and and then obviously when teaching EAP, right? Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Yes. That's a good
3: point. Yeah, I I find that one of the most challenging things too is just for students to wrap their their heads around um, the conventions. And Mm -hmm. if this is the kind of writing you need to do, you need to follow those conventions, which could be different in their own language. Right. Uh, For you, what are some challenges that you face when you're teaching your writing and academic writing classes?
0: Yeah, I think you just touched on that uh, quite important point, Faye, that we have to understand where students are coming from, what's their starting point, because... If I'm trying to teach a student about APA or MLA or Harvard mm-hmm. referencing and they have never looked at it before, that's going to blow their mind in, 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 in not in a good way, in a very mm-hmm. anxiety inducing way. Oh, so I sure. think understanding where your students are coming from is really important. And sometimes if you have to go back one or two steps, that's not a big, big problem, mm-hmm. um, because what academic writing and, you know, good writing skills involve are Breaking down the steps, giving, providing solutions, strategies, techniques, and making it so that the end product is clear, simple, readable, and it has the audience as the main focus. So many times students forget who they're writing for. They just think, oh, I'm writing because I need to write. Well, Mm -hmm. who are you writing for? Why are you writing for them? What's the purpose or the goal? We have to think about those things. Um, So reminding students of that that as well is really important. Now, they might just be writing it for you as a teacher, which is fine, but how can they communicate to you in a way that is going to be entertaining or persuasive or Mm -hmm. informative, depending on the purpose of the text? So, you know, it's a really important skill in speaking. So we should also do the same thing in writing just as in speaking we need to know our audience we should do the same in writing so tone and all
3: that
0: tone formality Mm -hmm. these are really important things in writing another challenge that I think some students really face is how do I organize my ideas because I want to impress my teacher or I want to get a high score on the IELTS or I want to get a high grade in my assignment so if I use all these long sentences these long words Mm -hmm. and these you know, unnecessary um, diversions and anecdotes, then that's going to really yes. help me. And the biggest challenge I have is, is telling students to keep it simple because the best stories mm-hmm. and the most effective um, assignments are the ones that are short and simple and easy to read. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean you can sprinkle in a little bit of magic here and there, but if you're not able to do the basics, then how are you going to be able to go to that next level without the solid fundamentals first? So I always start with the basics and I kind of, I don't want to put students in a box, but I try to say, let's, let's get these five or six things perfect. And then we can start to go to the next step Mm -hmm. Um, because students tend to think that they can run a marathon before they've even got off the couch. And that's not necessarily the right progression. Um, And one thing I tell students is, you know, the more you try to do, the more opportunity there are to make mistakes, to make errors, to get lost, for the reader to lose what you're trying to say to them. So initially, keep it simple, keep it organized, keep it clear. And you don't have to have lots of, you know, super long sentences and a mm-hmm. complex, complex compound that have all these different idioms and, you know, um, conjunctions, etc. We don't need them. So. I think it's, it's important to just keep it simple. That's the biggest challenge that I think. And that can
3: be very hard for certain uh, language backgrounds. I find, especially when working with like Brazilian students or or Spanish speakers Um, in general, writing in those languages is very like literary and Mm -hmm. extremely long sentences, you know, like talking around your point, um, you know, sentences with three, four clauses and, when you get, for those students, it's, I find it, like you said, it's really hard to keep it simple yes. because they start, it, It's it goes against everything they've always learned about how to write academically in their and, language.
0: And I think a lot of times, you know, their teachers, perhaps who teach them English, they have the best intentions and they say, oh, you need to do A and B and C. And they mm-hmm. get, sometimes get these notions, sometimes incorrectly of I need to say as much as possible. I need to try to impress the, my, my audience or my reader. Yes, you do. But an impressive piece of writing for me, if you're just starting out or if your level's not that high is to be clear and to be understood yeah, and to make sure I, I know what mm-hmm. you're saying. So I think this kind of ties in with feedback as well. So um, Faye, for you, when you're giving feedback, especially on writing, because I know we've, we've both done it a lot in our previous jobs.
3: Yeah. How yeah.
0: do you give good feedback on writing and, and what does good feedback look like?
3: Um, again, I find it depends on the kind of writing you're mm-hmm. helping your students with. When I was doing um, exam prep, for instance, um, I would basically get the rubrics and I'd create a chart, like, a, a table for myself and for the students. And I would write comments under each of those, of uh, those items in the criteria, you know, of what was met, what wasn't met and, and suggestions and general comments. Um, but you know, it was at my last job uh, working at the college that I really had this uh, breakthrough when I was speaking to one of my coworkers and shout out to Moses Lam if he's listening to this (laughs) um, because he really got me on screencasting my feedback yes which was extremely helpful not only for me but for the students Mm -hmm. and the the most interesting part of that was uh, it really really saved a lot of my time when marking Because what I would do is I would read the, the writing uh, from my students once and then make notes using the, whatever the, the symbols are. I always like to use symbols for students to self-correct.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
3: one big thing I find. I, I I've always tried not to correct all the mistakes or just give them the corrections, just point things out using my own set of symbols or if you're... The school where your work has one already things like form correct the form correct the phrasing correct the tense right so mm-hmm. the students can think of it about it themselves that's one key thing i find is having the students learn from it because if you just if i every time i just gave my students the, the corrections they wouldn't look at it or if they did it was just one time and okay done <laughs> there wasn't really much learning from their own writing yeah no editing no rewriting right
0: this but, is a really good point. Yeah. I yeah. was going to just say Faye, as well, you know, a lot of teachers who might be listening and they, they they teach students right now, maybe weekly or twice a week. Take time. If it's five, 10, 15 minutes, give that feedback to the students in the class. And mm-hmm. a lot of teachers think, well, I, I don't want to waste time. I want to do it outside of my class. Yeah. They'll, they'll do it later. If you're not putting that importance and that value on it in the class, then the student yeah. might not see that value as well. And it can be exactly. a little bit time consuming but if you give that that feedback or say you know i looked through it and these are two or three points that you can focus on for next time then that will make a huge difference so definitely try to do that if you yeah.
3: can yeah and even if you do use those set of symbols uh for just for the the mistakes right for them mm-hmm. the, you give the general comments of like structure and all that and and format but then of, of the little mistakes especially things that are repeated I always, like you said, I always set aside 10, 15 minutes in class for students to c- sit down and correct their own work Yes, yes. Uh, or do a bit of editing and sometimes peer editing I would do right, or right, pair work. Right. So when I did pair work in class and group classes, I would give them one of the writings, not, not both. And then when they were done with that, then they would get their partners writing and then work on it together. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I always found helpful if you can. Do that in class. And going back to screencasting, then just basically recording my feedback, especially for the lower levels um, on video, just with like showing the PDF of their writing or whatever. Um, if they did it by hand, you just scan it and just explaining, at least for the first few ones when the student is new to you, explaining what the symbols are and kind of like what the things are or the general comments. And I found that that was extremely successful with my students and they would watch it a few times. A lot of them mm-hmm. considered it a listening exercise even. Yeah. Um, and they actually corrected it and made, made, um, made like rewrites and edits and all that. And it was great. I think so it, goes to show, my tips. Yeah, it goes mm-hmm. to
0: show that if you put value and importance on it, then your students will yeah. do the same because they're going to reflect your um, kind of your values too as a teacher.
3: Exactly. And then they see the work you put in, right? If they see the mm-hmm. recording of you talking to them rather than just like the written comments, they, Oh, my teacher did all this for me. Right. I might as well do something for her. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, what do you think is the difference between a writing teacher and a writing coach Dale? Cause that's kind of what we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, it is.
3: Teaching and coaching. So.
0: Yeah. This is a really important, um, important distinction to make. And I know some of our listeners do work as writing coaches And they'll probably tell you the same thing, hopefully, that I'm going to say a writing coach is someone who's not just going to say, let me see your essay. Let me give you feedback. It's going to be taking a bit more time to understand the bigger picture. Oh, so what's going on in your classes right now? Or what's going on at work right now? Or what's going on in school right now? Okay. So what other classes are you taking? Okay. How are you finding those? It's about Coaching is more about asking those questions, getting a better relationship with the student and getting them to feel comfortable and happy to open up and share their ideas more freely, because if you're checking an assignment with a student or a piece of writing with a student, if you've taken that time to get to know them and to kind of, you know, really, you know, take a genuine interest in their lives outside of just your classes, then they're going to be more likely to share their ideas where they might in their head Mm say, this isn't a good idea, I'm not going to say it, they'll say, you know what, Daniel, I'm not sure if this is a good idea, but what do you think? So you mm-hmm. can use that to kind of get more out of the experience. You can also be more honest in the role of a writing coach. You can say, mm-hmm. you know, Faye, I need to be honest with you. This looks like plagiarism. Can you just talk to me about the process, what you went mm-hmm. through? And they'll probably be much more likely to share that with you, even if yeah. it isn't deliberate. Um, so, and then as a coach as well, you know, being available, being able to kind of, you know, speak to that student and they'd be able to contact you on a more regular basis, not just you only have this one hour a week. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, You know, there are one or two clients that I work with who I do kind of just meet as and when needed at short notice. And it's great because we spend a few minutes just kind of talking about life, catching up. And then we say, okay, great. So what do we need to focus on this week? All right. So you have to submit this journal to an article. uh, Sorry, this journal to... um, to an online uh, database, uh, okay, because you know, I work with some medical students who have medical essays that are of huge importance and they have deadlines and redrafts and things to do. So that's mm-hmm. the difference between a writing teacher and a writing coach. And however you position yourself, you know, decide do you wanna be a teacher or do you wanna be a coach? So yeah, they, right. they, they are similar, but they're also quite different as well in their nature.
3: It sounds like uh, when you're coaching, it's a little bit more student led and focused rather than yeah. teacher like led right yeah i would say so
0: yeah i think so it's a bit more a bit more you're a bit more candid you're a bit more of a of a friend and an advisor and a facilitator as a writing coach as well
3: Mm
0: -hmm. great so let's now hear more from our special guest Andres, who is going to join us to share more about academic writing and academic coaching
1: ready to pop the question
3: Andres, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming along today to talk to us all about writing coaching and how we can better teach our students academic writing. So Andres, could you share with us a little bit about your journey into teaching and how you got into writing coaching specifically?
2: Yeah, I think writing coaching for me was very something as as everything in life is serendipitously and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't expect it. I was... I was working in Vancouver, just with the international students, uh, and um, obviously, I I, I I had finished my education, everything. I was as an ESL teacher, but uh, yeah, my work wasn't wasn't working as the people in the up high were expecting. So, just some things happened, and they they sat down with me, and they were like, "Well." Eh, it's better if you if you leave us for now and that was a little bit disappointing for me because I, mm-hmm. I was very invested in, in in my students um I guess uh, it was not something that I uh, writing was probably something that was a little bit hesitant mm-hmm. but that was the thing that um that kind of fell on my lap you know and, and, mm-hmm. and I embraced it and I've been learning it. I I become a student of, of writing, and I've gotten to love it. The, you know, I, mm. really, something that I see as a niche for me in the future. And I, after that, I, I don't think I want to go back to to teaching ESL in the traditional way. And uh, the mm. four skills, I think writing has become my passion now.
3: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And um, now in in your experience, how do you find that academic writing is different from writing English for work or other professional purposes?
2: Yeah, I think um, one can be, I think both of them are, are very similar in the sense that you're communicating to a uh, professional audience per se. So not only to your um, when you're talking to with the, with your with when you're exposing something to your professors, creating an essay or anything, this it, is still in, on a professional level. And then when you go towards you, you're let's say you're a business person, you want to present a marketing plan, a business plan. It's still you're in, in this professional realm. the The main difference, I would say, is um, in the style.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You have more freedom when you are outside and then in the outside world than when you are at the university for mm-hmm. all the legal thing, legal constraints and everything. So it is, um, it is more demanding when it comes to Chicago style, APA, MLA, the different styles. So, and I think that could be a scary for people. I think mm-hmm. sometimes they just want to, they want to write, communicate something and, and, but they are scared if they do it wrong, right? We right. all have certain ideas, certain books that we've read, and then we know if, if I post this, if I do this, maybe I will get in trouble. Maybe I'll get-
3: <laughs> right
2: writing. So it's um, yeah. Sorry, I just think I I I, I bunny trailed, but <laughs> yeah, coming back, it's it's definitely different. The the style is what. what yeah, there's definitely
3: stuff. more constraints. It feels like right. Mm-hmm. Now um, we've we've all worked with um, students in an academic environment. Mm-hmm. Now it kind of feels like a lot of students fail to understand the importance of writing academically. Why do you think that is? That a lot of students will neglect that skill when studying academic
2: English. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the problem is uh, it doesn't start in the high level. I think when when we talk about micro, micro and meso in, in Macro, meso, micro, meso, and macro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the problem. It starts from the beginning, from the from the uh, from the basis, from the lowest stages. Especially right. when we come to high school, school, we don't, I, I don't think we emphasize too much the importance of, of good writing. Very
0: mm-hmm. true. There
2: are some high schools, especially when you go to private uh, schools where you pay a lot, where they would emphasize writing uh, something important. Mm-hmm. But I think even the difference between uh, when it comes to social classes, uh, like the, if, we, if we talk about the social status, it is how well you are able to write in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at a high school uh, for here in, 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 in Canada, for in British Columbia, the lower mainland. And uh, what I noticed is that um, you could see the different cl- you could see the people, um, social status and and social class depending on the on the classes that they were they they were enrolling and mm-hmm. the high academic classes the, the ra- academic writing classes usually you would have people from parents that had that uh, have their their businesses and people mm. that,
1: that
2: that were in a in a different in a different circle. And then when, when you would come to other, like more, um, free classes, uh, when it didn't emphasize much writing was more, uh, something sort of, um, creative, but instead of creative, was, uh, fun, quote unquote, mm-hmm. fun creative, which was more like a student's rule. <laughs> yeah. And really, um, that made me see a, a total inequality, you know, like, mm-hmm. like these people and, <laughs> and you force them you, you put the writing, the communication in the hands of the powerful and then yeah. you them, communicate the, the other people they don't see the importance. And that's true. You know, students are, 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 are at, at this low stage where as, as teenagers as as children they they don't see the importance of it unless their mm-hmm. parents or tutors are behind it and mm-hmm. behind them and just pushing and helping them to enroll into these classes, take these courses. But when you have other parents, which is that makes for most of the population, Mm -hmm. they don't see the importance of it. And then take the class that you want, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's a good point, Andres. And (laughs) it's really important as well. I think we, we talked about this a little bit earlier today about writing coaching and how important, how valuable that is for students. So how can writing coaching be useful for students? And why do they need it? Why don't they just... Do a writing class with a teacher with thirty other students. So what's the difference?
2: Yeah, thank you for your question. Um, this is a very important thing because that is my job, right? <laughs> um, in every area in life, you can get to a certain stance to a certain place where you take a course. So whether it is at, at the gym where you're when you're doing fitness or Different exercises, w- whether it is that speaking, um, public speaking, uh, you know, um, building something, anything, you get to a certain place, to a certain place with, with that type of education. And then you need um, something that adjusts to your needs, something that you can only do when you have the, the help of another person next to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like the, the ox and mutton, you know. And the yoke two oxens, the older oxen pushing, and the other one yeah, yeah. going mm-hmm. next to it. And, and I think that is the idea of it, and mm-hmm. that that's where we are created for. So yeah. two people get together, and you're learning from one another. And as as you imitate, emulate, and get together, you're you are start to grow. So you don't really mm-hmm. grow in a class; you grow with other people one on one.
0: Right. That's yeah. a great but point. But that's
3: true. Like when a lot of students hit that plateau, especially at the intermediate, upper intermediate level, where they really need that individual, those that's those set of eyes, like, like that set of eyes just look, looking at their individual needs, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so yeah, that makes total sense. That's why a coach would be in that case more useful mm-hmm. for those kinds of students and
0: and what are the what are the steps we should take when coaching our students academic writing you know if if a student comes to you from you know let's say they they're an international student from another country and maybe they don't really know what referencing is they don't know what citations are they don't know what plagiarism is kind of what are the steps that we should take Where do we begin in that journey hmm.
2: that's very interesting i think uh, beginning with the uh, uh it could be very daunting for them to start, to start this career, especially now that here in Canada, we, we see a lot of people that are migrate a lot of immigrants that are coming in mm-hmm. and they take the route of, um, of education in order to come into the country. And it can be, be pretty daunting. You know, you don't have this type of rules and regulation, or they're not very enforced in your country. And then coming here, I think the first thing you have to do is, um, is understand is create vision awareness and vision hmm. and and once you have those two things you will be able to 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 help students per se mm-hmm. because if, if they we we've got to change the way in which we see writing um and writing rules and in in rules in general but when you come to writing i think and because we see rules as something that constrain us and mm-hmm. allow us to to, to to be free, but actually rules are something that are like, you know, we have this framework here and then right. within this, we can we are free, you know?
3: Yeah, it's like your guidelines, right? Yeah.
2: So yeah. it's important for them and for, for us as, a, as coaches, as, as writing teachers, to create a vision for our students. Because we never, anything in life, Nothing in life is 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 done well by unless we want to do it.
3: Right, what our is mindset. It? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's about mindset keep, and focus. Yeah,
2: you gotta choose to do something in order for it to get done well. That's a, true. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that's that that's, that would be our best one of the one of the things that need to be emphasized in writing coaching. Once we yeah. understand, are able to motivate, and then just come come with a, a mindset of service, right? Mm-hmm. As coaches, in as teachers, in, you know, we're here to serve and to help. And if, if, with that mindset, um, it seems to me the resources will, the, the ideas will come.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. I mean, it kind of seems obvious, but it, it isn't in a way, right? <laughs> we sometimes are just so focused on prescribing and telling our students what to do, but we have to first break those barriers down and, you know, um, help them understand or change their mindset towards something that could potentially be very painful for them, unless they are in the right mindset. So that's a really great point. Now, other than that, what advice would you have for teachers who want to specialize in academic writing or want to teach writing privately to their students, but don't really have that much experience in it?
0: Hmm.
2: Well, Somebody that wants to, if, if you really want to do it, I would say you, you have to be a learner. So bef- before being a teacher, eh, you have to be willing to learn. And for that, um, always it's good to take take a small courses mm-hmm. that uh, always to be updating yourself. Um, take courses that, are, that, that, for example, APA, Chicago style. Be always updated, constantly researching seeing little things and and something that is important also if you are scaring because generally when you talk about all these styles and and rules and and periods and hyphens and because there are different style different ways to use the hyphen for ap different ways for chicago style the point and and the quotations and and everything but mm, everything in life is just added little by little so you get it you have to be there, there uh, 15, 30 minutes a day. And over time, it will build up. You, know, you don't have to take a, a huge amounts of time to just to dedicate to study the rules and regulation and everything. And the mm-hmm. rules of the of writing. It's more little things that build up uh, through time. Through time, you become a good writer. Just as to, in, through time, you become a good coach and a good writing coach a good a good teacher and you're going to fail and, and it's important to know that you're going to fail yes. at the beginning <laughs> you are right. yeah. everything that you do you're, you, you you suck at the beginning
3: <laughs> yeah you're going to get better at it right yeah, yeah.
2: and you're going to get better and the first time the first students may not be that as good may may, may say you know it was not as good as i, as I thought mm-hmm. but just put yourself out there be a learner i would say put yourself out there be a learner not do not overwhelm yourself with so much learning but mm. little by little it will add up and every time that students come you know just assess yourself Self, self-assessment is very important mm-hmm. maybe yeah. a little thing that they didn't know what to tell the student maybe the student didn't notice that, that or didn't even ask about this this small point but just be aware you know maybe i, I didn't know where this period was or how to use this citation this quotation or something and you just make a little note and add it, add it. Little by little, it will, mm-hmm. it will come back to it. It will build up to something, and you will become a writing, a good writing coach.
0: Great, yeah. <laughs> Very inspirational, like Andres. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great point. A lot of a lot of uh, our other guests have said this as well in the past, Andres. Be open, be reflective, be a learner. Always take notes and always try to you know get feedback from your students as well because that's really going to help you. Um, and write everything down. Oh wow, who'd have thought it? If I write things down, I'll be a good writing teacher, a good writing coach. <laughs> so Andres, how can our listeners um, get in touch with you if they'd like to reach out, if they want to find out more, if they have any more questions, what's the best way to get in touch?
2: Yeah, I have my own website, andreschinchin.com. Okay. Go there. And I also have their... Um, my my writing coaching service and they can perfect be the new
0: wonderful thing. i will link that for everyone um at the description of this episode so that's great and thank you so much Andres, for dropping by today to share your knowledge and your expertise
2: yeah and something else before before yes finish, please you mm-hmm. haven't asked me but um i want to say writing is an art and i tell my students actually i told them today that um we're going to think like a pottery and we have clay and, and we're just going to, in a sense, manipulate it, get the idea, manipulate it, be original, be confident, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's art, it's who you are. You have something to give to your people that other, somebody else doesn't, cannot give. And it is important for you to be able to communicate this beauty that you have within yourself. So see yourself as you have this art. We're just giving you the skills to communicate this art.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, that, that's important. See writing as an, as an art. Mm, that's Beautiful, a good analogy.
3: Beautiful
0: mm-hmm. message, Andres. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.
3: Now, Andres, thanks so much for your available insights. I hope our listeners can all take a lot away from today's episode.
0: And as always, please get in touch with us on Instagram at esltalkpodcast.com. You can send an email to esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website to access all of our previous episodes from every season for free. And you can also find all the information on Patreon for even more benefits, webinars, merchandise, and more. Just go to esl-talk.com or our Instagram to find out more.
3: And don't forget, you can connect with us individually on Instagram. You can find me at Learning with Faye. Faye is F E Y.
0: Or at right, I'm Daniel Teacher. That's it for this week, guys. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode.
3: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary
1: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even
1: more ESL teaching content.